The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, With your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow, there are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hi, welcome to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie. I'm glad you're with us today, and our special, special guest is my good friend, uh, Karen McGowan. Karen, our our show goes out worldwide. Is there any place on this earth that you'd like to say hello to? Oh, my goodness. I hadn't even thought about that. Well, um, not in particular, but um, thanks for asking. I sure I have a friend who just returned from the Caribbean, and I sure would have to admit that I was a little bit envious of her, so hello to everyone in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> and in Louisiana, Louisiana is part of the world. in Louisiana, and you know, I'm glad you said that. Uh, a special hello to everyone in northwest Louisiana, and particularly in Minden, Louisiana. That's my hometown. So, good. Welcome. All righty. Uh, Karen, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, I'd love to. My name is Karen McGowan. And I'm currently currently a culinary instructor for um, a large hospitality company. And um, I've taught um, Ayurvedic eating, and I've also taught yoga in, um, in college classes. And I'm a visual specialist. I'm a marketing specialist. And I have my own business. It's called Bienvenue by Karen, in which I do small event planning and assist with staging. Well, great, great, great. Uh, I met Karen at a class at um, Williams-Sonoma. Are we allowed to say that on the air? I think we just did. (laughs) I think we did, I don't see why not. Okay. All righty. So we have four segments today that are 13 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 minutes, and 9 minutes. And um, what would you, where would you like to start? For our listeners today. Um, On which particular topic, Bonnie? Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, there's so many uh, important ones. I'm also a a Texas Master Gardener, so that's kind of um, close to my heart. I'd like to talk to listeners in general about um, um, not just gardening, but uh, about putting together things and thinking about menus and involving the family in the process. Um, and just everything along those lines. Of course, you know, um, being one of my very best students, and that, I mean that truthfully, um, that culinary um, instruction is very important to me, and uh, I enjoy teaching classes, and I enjoy teaching people about combinations of foods, how to correctly use spices. That's a huge, uh, impactful thing on health, and, and so uh, just wherever you'd like to start, Bonnie, I'd be happy. 
Let's talk about let's talk about spices. That one intrigued sure. me. Okay. Well, my goodness. Um, a lot of people ask me what are some spices that I couldn't live without, and that's kind of like, and it's an old joke, but it's kind of like asking me to choose my favorite child. I can't really do that, but. Um, some that I use every day are cinnamon. I use freshly ground black pepper. I love uh, Himalayan pink salt, which has kind of reached a, a broad appeal, I guess, in the past two or three years, gotten a lot of press. I'd like to talk about uh, Himalayan salt further because I find in my position with William Sonoma that a lot of people don't understand how to use Himalayan salt, so we'll talk about that a little bit more, I hope. But, um, you know, uh, turmeric... Uh, paprika, they're all very important, and they serve uh, certain purposes in the body um, to help prevent disease, to help combat um, different kinds of uh, cancers even. Um, there have been studies that have uh, correlated old, old research in Ayurvedic medicine that actually um, prove these facts. So um, this is super important. These are things that I think... Um, the information can be a little abstract, a little bit difficult to get to even on the Internet. In the day of the Internet, you would think everything's easily accessible. But I find that a lot of my students don't really understand, um, and it, through no fault of their own, they try to ask questions, they try to find out more, and it's just it's, it's a lot of information, and it isn't in, really in one convenient place, and it takes a lot of research. And um, just through being asked to teach a class uh, at a college level, I've really delved into, into researching spices and, and um, a particularly Ayurvedic uh, eating about 10 years ago. And I've been incorporating it into my own life ever since. And, of course, I have a personal story with that, too, and how it's affected my own health. So, um, yeah, very, spices are very important. Um, I don't want to, I feel like I'm taking up all the time. <laughs> so, Bonnie, I'm sorry. I, I tend to talk on and on about this subject. So, please uh, lead the conversation. This is your time to share your knowledge with our listeners. So, right. you go right ahead. Okay. Well, uh, let's start with um, Himalayan pink salt and finishing salt. And by the term finishing salt, of course, it does imply that you use it as a a salt to finish your food. You don't cook with it, per se. Um, A lot of people think that, well, okay, it's because it's an expensive salt, and that's a very good point. Finishing salts do tend to be much more expensive than table salt. But in the case of Himalayan pink salt and also um, the black uh, lava Hawaiian salt, possibly some others, but those are the two that I'm very familiar with and use on a frequent basis. If you heat these, you actually lose a great deal of the mineral properties that are beneficial to the body. So it's very important that you remember to use finishing salts in all cases as just that, a finishing salt. And dialing back on the sodium in your diet is really important, too, um, without getting too preachy about that. I think everybody's well aware of preservatives and, and how bad they are for the body, or at least most people are. But when you cook with or you intend to use a finishing salt, such as pink Himalayan, which I'm going to go back to in just a minute, um, you want to dial back the sodium that you use in your recipes. And that's when cooking at home becomes so important with fresh, wholesome ingredients. And, you know, I'm not saying that I don't use canned items. Uh, One of my favorite products to use for chicken broth, if I don't have some handy in the freezer, is better than bouillon. I use the reduced sodium um, version of it. But when you're cooking... Um, with a finishing salt, you want to make sure and dial back the salt. Don't eliminate it completely out of your out of your uh, cooking, but be sure and be aware of, uh, that you're going to be adding a finishing salt. 
but uh, back to Pink Himalayan, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it has a, a just tremendous amount of minerals um, in it that are found very few places in nature. So it's a really good thing to use as a finishing um, item to your culinary practice, but just remember, don't heat it. Um, that, that I really want to bring that out because I find, uh, found during the holiday season people were just going wild over the, uh, the Himalayan uh, pink uh, cooking uh, table items that we were selling and a lot but a lot of people didn't realize that when you heat it <clears throat> excuse me you actually use the uh, destroy many of the minerals that are found in it which is the whole benefit of using it so um, rather than just a trend so yes Bonnie I wanted to be sure and highlight that and um, also talk about some other spices whenever whenever you're ready <laughs> okay uh, the pink Himalayan salt now mm-hmm. I have a pink Himalayan salt lamp. And mm-hmm. I keep looking at that, and I keep thinking, well, they grind it up to get the salt? Where does the, where does it come from? Do you know? You know, I'm really not sure. I know that it's found only in specific areas of the world, as the name would, would hint at, but um, I'm not sure how they um, actually obtain it. I know that it's, uh, you know, it's something that's been used for hundreds of, possibly even thousands of years, I'm sure, but um, has recently just become to... Uh, emerge on the American market. Yes, I have a, a friend in Nepal, and uh, I don't know that she uses pink salt, but right now they're in a conflict with India, and they hardly have enough to eat, so she probably yes. wouldn't spend her time talking about salt. Of course not. Yes, of course. Um, uh, moving on, though, uh, to black pepper, um, Black pepper, freshly ground in particular, and I'd like to talk for a minute about using using freshly ground spices when when it's um, practical. And a couple of cases in which this is really important is in black pepper and in nutmeg. There's a world of difference, as, as any cook can tell you, between using um, an already ground uh, black pepper or a nutmeg, which are not related, but these two are just coming to mind, as opposed to using a freshly ground version of it. And the the taste is difference is tremendous, and it's really as it was supposed to have, um, be utilized in its original form. Really, the, the further away you get from the original form of a food, and this is a really good uh, rule of thumb to remember, um, if this makes sense, use it in its closest to where it's grown and in, in its original form. So when we buy things for convenience, and sometimes this is necessary, as I've already mentioned, and, and that's perfectly understandable. And, you know, I myself use things when, when necessary. But whenever possible, it's important to use foods in their original state, um, such as nutmeg. So nutmeg is a whole nut. You can buy a really inexpensive microplane grater, grater rather, and use it. Um, and I like to use it in eggs, also anything that contains a milk or a cheese. It's, um, it actually helps your body to digest the food more efficiently, and it also helps your body to absorb certain minerals and vitamins that are in the food. That's where spices are super important, and that cannot be overstated, is spices actually highlight the taste of food, but they actually perform a function. Different spices will help your body 
better absorb um, iron, vitamin C, what have you, just different, different minerals and vitamins that are in the food. So they perform an extremely important service. That's something that we all need to remember. In our busy, busy lives, when we tend to uh, stop at the quick food market, you know? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. Do, so do you ever go to fast foods? <laughs> I get that question so often. That's so funny. Um, I, I love, there are certain fast foods that I, I'm just a sucker for, and I have a friend who teases me. Um, I'm known for a love of, of, uh, of Popeye's fried chicken, and I don't have it very often. And there's also, a, I'll tell you what's even better in my... Um, in my hometown, there's a restaurant called uh, Cotton's Chicken, and I absolutely adore it. Um, there's some fried foods, I mean some fried foods, some fast foods, rather, that I just love and and have it on occasion, but not more than I would say once or twice a month. Good. I- I'm glad to know that you're human like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, I get that a lot. That's funny that you asked me that. Yes. Okay, so we've talked cinnamon. I know it's good for the heart. Yes, and it's good for the blood pressure also. Oh, is it? And how do you, you don't just put that a quarter of a teaspoon in a some water. You use it on the food. No, I use it on the food now. I, you know, as a rule of thumb, it's important to use it when you are, anytime you're, that's what, anytime you're using sugar. So that's why it's heavily utilized in, in baking is because that actually helps your body not to absorb that sugar too quickly and it helps balance your insulin levels. But I will tell you that I incorporated it into my morning coffee and that's, um, something that might take a little getting used to for some. But if you do just a small amount and stir it in really well, um, it helps your body throughout the day balance insulin levels. And having um, a family history dating back three or four generations of diabetes, that's really important to me. And I know a lot of people have that in their family, and it's, it's super important to be aware of it and to understand that there are certain things that you can do to prevent, uh, help prevent these diseases from developing. Thank you. That's that's a good one. I am going to use it in my coffee tomorrow morning. Yes, absolutely. And it's delicious, too. <laughs> okay, uh, let's take a quick break, Karen. Okay, sounds good. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. 
step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We all want to live a healthy, vibrant life. With so many toxins in our world, it becomes an uphill battle. Inflammation is the premise of all disease and comes from four sources of toxins. With a proper understanding of toxins as well as proper detoxification and nutrition, disease can be avoided. Tune in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan and learn how you can live a clean, whole, and healthy life in a toxic world. Start your journey Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie, and you are listening to Transformational Healing on the Wellness Channel of Voice America. Today, our special guest is Karen McGowan, and she's also a good friend. And she's been talking to us in the first segment about spices. So, Karen, what else do you want our listeners to know? Well, I would like to talk about um, certain combinations of foods, and this is something I can't go into a lot of detail about because it's pretty extensive, but there's certain combinations of foods that when you eat them together, they actually um, help the other food absorb better. For instance, and I'm just going to give one example, but when vitamin C and iron are consumed together, it's been proven by studies that... Um, your body actually absorbs the both of the minerals and the vitamins much more quickly and much more efficiently. So that's just one combination. And when you see recipes from years ago, it's funny how you can see certain combinations of foods are, are put together and you never, I mean, we've, we grow up eating certain things and we don't really question the origins, but some of the very, very old recipes, and, and in particular in Indian food, in Asian food, um, ancient recipes, ancient things that they do, there's actually a reason for it that the foods are combined in a certain way. And it's just that, you know, however many hundreds or thousands of years later, we enjoy these same foods and we know that they date back, but we really don't think about... Um, the reasons that they're combined that that way. And another one that just came to mind, and I think I mentioned this in one of my classes, uh, it might have been my last class Sunday, um, about hummus. And I I make a spicy hummus, a homemade spicy hummus, and when chickpeas are combined with tahini, that actually makes a complete protein. And hummus, as everyone knows, is an old, old Mediterranean food. But chickpeas by themselves and tahini by themselves, which is actually ground sesame seeds, 
um, combined with some other ingredients. Those two foods by themselves don't make a complete protein, but when you combine them to make hummus, that's why it's so important to eat a hummus that has tahini in it because those two foods together make a complete protein. And especially if you're a vegetarian, which I am not, but um, I know many, it's really important to know these things and to, and to make sure you're incorporating them into your food practices. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Karen, how long does the tahini stay good in my refrigerator? Honestly, Bonnie, I don't know. I would go by the um, the to-use-by date on the packaging. Um, but I will tell you this, I buy a pretty large container, and I make so much hummus at home that it doesn't last more than a couple of weeks in my refrigerator. Um, I, you know, as a rule of thumb, I probably wouldn't keep something over two or three weeks if it were, you know, if it were me. Okay. All righty. How do you make your hummus? <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's actually out of a good friend gave me um, a cookbook several years ago, um, and I played with it a little bit. I make it with, um, as I said, the chipotle peppers and the adobe, so- adobe sauce, uh, chickpeas, and uh, a grapeseed oil. I love to use grapeseed oil and things that are not cooked. Um, you can also cook with it, but... Uh, this one has honey and lemon juice, tahini, uh, salt and pepper, of course, and uh, let's see what else. I mentioned the honey, um, cilantro. So, yeah. Cilantro. Kind of a Tex-Mex hummus a little bit. Okay. That mm-hmm. sounds good to me. Well, I am. my uh, granddaughter makes hummus all the time, and uh, she was here, but my tahini had uh, spoiled. So we had to throw it out and start all over. You know, tahini is, a sesame seed is kind of akin to a nut. You know, your seed butters and your, of course, tahini is a seed butter, is basically what it is. And your nut butters, um, you want to be sure that you keep them, if if you're trying to make them last a long time especially. Now, peanut butter usually gets used very quickly. Peanuts are pretty stable. But other nut butters and seed butters, you want to be sure and keep those in the refrigerator because especially in uh, warmer climates, even in a cool house, they can spoil pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So tell us about um, cooking with your family. Uh, Well, you know, I like to involve, my kids are a little older, but um, starting from a young age and and up till to now, I involve them pretty heavily in, in planning recipes and kind of alternatively let them um, alternately rather pick the recipes that I'm going to cook for the week so that way they're involved in that process and I also involve them you know in my thought process and putting meals together Um, for example why am I cooking this vegetable instead of that one Um, you know maybe this one's going to spoil sooner Um, or you know for whatever reason there's a reason that I put um, certain things together and I like to involve them in my sort of think out loud and, and let them know you know, what I'm doing, and, and it's funny, they have very uncanny taste now. For example, last night I, I made a different version of a recipe, and my son, who was known for a long time for, to only, uh, well, not a long time, but a, uh, a year or two, certainly, when he was much younger to eat only pizza and macaroni and cheese. But when um, when I changed the recipe last night, he immediately, he was the first one in the family to notice it and, and approved of the process. So it's pretty <laughs> funny, you know. You, you think that, you know, when kids are 
born with a certain bend toward foods that they're never going to change. But if you involve them in the process, you know, and again, you don't have to have your own garden. I actually do have a, an herb garden. Um, I don't have room for a full garden, but I grew up having um, a full garden year-round. My um, father had a garden, and so I became in, involved in the process. And, of course, they owned restaurants and things, and I was involved in it that way too. But when kids are involved in the process and allowed to, you know, sort of develop a confidence about things and a self-sufficiency about things, they tend to develop much healthier eating habits. And, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's been proven by recent studies too. Right, I'm sure. And so you you buy locally? That's your I do. I do. That's my thing and I and I buy according to seasons, you know, and that's how that really buying local makes it easy to buy according to seasons because you know that, you know, it was grown in the season in which you're currently in. So, for example, right now we're in South Texas and you know certain things are in season and certain things aren't. Um, you know, but Worldwide, you can, say, go to South America and, you know, there's things can be grown there that can't be grown here right now and they're shipped in. Well, you know, that's fine, but you do have to remember that your body is, is designed to absorb and best utilize things that are grown according to the climate that you're living in. It's just kind of an amazing design that's built into us. So, um yeah, it's, you know, when you're eating things that are grown within 50 miles of you, you can be sure that you're eating according to the seasons. All right. That's a, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. And so, and you are a master gardener? I am. I'm a Texas master gardener. All righty. So how does that play into your good eating and your health? Well, you know, I'm... I'm Slowly but surely, and I'm, I'm just finished my internship last year, so I'm a novice Texas Master Gardener. And what the first thing that you learn when you enter that program is you you find out quickly how much you don't know. And so I hope to spend the next few decades learning from these people around me who've got thirty or forty years experience. But um, you know, when you become involved in the process of of botany and and really. Um, you learn on a cellular level level what's going on with the food, and, and um, it, it really impacts the decisions that you make. You become much more mindful of, you know, uh, of what you're putting into your body and, and the impact that it has on your body and of those that you're cooking for. So, um, you know, it's, it's important in that way. Um, it's amazing what can be told from the soil of... of uh, you know, one of the first things that you learn is don't diagnose a problem that's going on in the garden, whether it's an ornamental garden, a vegetable garden, whatever type of garden it is, without doing a soil test because the soil tests are extremely important to determine what's going on with the plant. And when you learn that the dirt around it is, is what's actually affecting the plant, I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty mind-boggling process. So I'm just beginning to learn... Um, but definitely, we, we talk a lot. I'm heavily involved in the herb garden, um, in our master garden herb garden. And, uh, you know, you learn that certain herbs are key to digestive abilities and, and helping, uh, for example, rosemary and thyme. The reason that those are used in mashed potatoes or in certain cream sauces is because they actually help your body um, break down and, and process more fatty foods. So when you start learning about those kind of things, I'm 
afraid, I hope I don't sound too repetitive, but spices and herbs are both very key in, in maintaining body health. Back to Ayurveda, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the class that I taught, that's actually an East Indian practice, um, but the Ayurvedic eating approach is actually what I taught. And they do teach you that there are certain things, um, and this is a very ancient medicine, um, that Western medicine, by the way, has recently begun to prove out as being very accurate. Um, they teach you that there are certain spices that you should um, eat with certain foods. And so it's all tied together. And, you know, being a Texas Master Gardener is part of that for me. I'm less involved in the ornamental side. I'm more involved, although I do like, like to have a pretty garden. But um, I'm more involved in, the, you know, finding out more about that. So um, we have some very specific growing conditions in Texas. And it's kind of known as one of the toughest places on earth to grow because we have, you know, just wild variations in temperature and sort of bookended by super hot summers. And so I'm learning a lot. Um, I, won't, I won't say I might have the title Master Gardener, but I'd say that I have a long way to go. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's take a quick break. Sure. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms, and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black and Dari Samia. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known. Until now... Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. 
This is Transformational Healing, and this is Dr. Bonnie. Today we are talking to Karen McGowan about lots of different things, but how food impacts your health. We've talked about spices. Um, give us a definition, Karen, uh, uh, the difference between herbs and spices. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, I guess you can think of it as, you know, herbs are grown in uh, or something generally green, um, like parsley and uh, rosemary, thyme, tarragon, um uh, you know, I could go cilantro. Those are herbs that you sort of chop up and put in your uh, foods. And um, in the case of cilantro, you, it's not something that you want to chop up and cook in your food because the flavor just gets really dramatically stronger with cilantro. But in the case of spices, that's something that's generally going to come in a jar that's really ready for you to use and you're going to go ahead and, and use that in your cooking process. You use herbs, too, in a cooking process, but in a different way. Okay, thank you. So uh, what is your favorite uh, utensil in the kitchen? Uh, are we talking plug-in electrics or just a handheld? Uh, well, probably plug-in electric. Plug-in electrics. Well, uh, it's going to have to be a really close tie, but I think my uh, it's between my KitchenAid mixer and my Vitamix, but I think the Vitamix has to edge that out a little bit. Um, the uh, KitchenAid mixer is fantastic with all the attachments. Uh, the Vitamix is something that I've, has actually replaced the KitchenAid mixer on my counter because I use the Vitamix sometimes two or three times a day. I make the um, hummus that we just talked about. I make that in there. I have a large capacity, uh, 750 Vitamix Heritage Edition, which is just uh, it's the top of the line one. And I'll tell you, it takes a lot of research and it took a lot of consideration before I was willing to spend that kind of money on an appliance. But I have not looked back. It has been absolutely the best investment I've made in my kitchen. It's been the best invest investment by far, other than my very expensive set of knives, <laughs> for my family. And as something I use in my culinary practice every day, sometimes, as I said, multiple times a day. And so what do you make with your Vitamix? Oh, my goodness. What haven't I made with it? It's probably an easier question. I have actually made cornbread dressing. I have made... Uh, my own yogurt. I have made uh, my own mayonnaise. Uh, again, I've made hummus in there. And probably one of my favorite settings on the Vitamix is for hot soups. And you can um, really utilize vegetables in your kitchen that, you know, might be on the cusp of having to be thrown out and really not in their best state. You can throw those into a soup and put it on the soup mix uh, setting for Vitamix and have a hot, nutritious soup in just a matter of literally five to ten minutes. And it's just really fantastic. Uh, i some other things too, Bonnie. Um, smoothies. My daughter loves smoothies. She makes those in there. We ma we've made our own uh, apple juice. We've made our own pomegranate juice. You can make your own milk. You can make your own flour out of nuts. So a lot of people are using the nut flours now, like almond flour. You can make that right up. Um, the other end of the spectrum, you can uh, use it to make whipped cream, um, your own butter. I mean, it's really an amazing tool. Great. Okay. I have a, a Vitamix, but I am not so proficient at using <laughs> it as you are. Um, well, Bonnie, we're going to have to rectify that. 
I know. Are we going to have a Vitamix uh, class? No, we're we're going to have um, something called Return to Learn in the future at uh, Williams Sonoma, where whether you've purchased it already or you're you're still on the fence about purchasing something, uh, we're going to have classes specifically designed to address questions both before and after the buying process. Um, Vitamix is definitely on the list, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes, that'll be good. That yeah. will be good. Um, and I, I did tell you about my son-in-law who made <laughs> soup in the Vitamix and forgot to put the lid on. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and we spent the next two hours cleaning the kitchen. I'll just but bet you did. It was clean when we were done. <laughs> of course, <laughs> we didn't have any dinner, but, you know. <laughs> that's when the fast food comes in handy, right? Yep. Yep, that's true. Okay, uh, let's see. What else? Oh, let's talk about uh, visuals in food plating. Oh, gosh, it's so important. You know, um, our moms, are, or at least my mom always taught me the, the importance of having a colorful plate because as the saying goes, you eat with your eyes first. And, you know, things appeal to us visually for a reason. And when you have all the different colors of the rainbow in your plate, your eyes are really participating in the process of, of, of being, you know, satisfying your, your cravings. So in that, that's something else that's important that I learned, again, going back to the Ayurvedic eating approach, that if you don't, sometimes, you know, we, we want something a little sweet after dinner and we tell ourselves, no, I'm not going to have anything sweet. Well, if you just have a bite or two of something, you're going to go ahead and satisfy that craving. But if you don't have it, your body's going to keep pushing you until you eventually, you know, probably overeat and overindulge. Well, that's kind of where the visual thing comes in, too, is that, you know, it's important to really satisfy the eye as part of the whole process. So, you know, have the reds and the greens and the yellows on your plate. And that's also why... Um, Having a garnish is important too. I mean, if you don't have any other green on your plate, a little a little garnish helps. You might not eat it, but it helps the process of of uh, relaxing and enjoying your food. And and you know, I could go on about that. But the uh, visual, like different uh, color representations, that's super important to good health. Thank you, thank you for that. I will remember that when I'm cooking. All righty, um, let's talk, no, you tell us what you'd like us to know. Oh, goodness, um, there's so much, you know. I, I would encourage, you know, listeners to really, you know, don't feel like you're asking silly questions. A lot of times my students, I feel like they're, you know, and what's so amazing is I've got you know they wouldn't be there if they weren't if they weren't passionate about cooking and that's really what's important is have a passion and have the determination to follow through on your passion so if you've got questions about something don't feel like you can't go to a culinary expert or or, or whomever and ask the question you know they're there for a reason um, find the information and and follow through and and really Listen to your intuitiveness, too. If something's telling you, you know, maybe this isn't right, do some research, you know. Um, also, another thing that's, you know, not, it can't be overstated enough, and I know that it's on every morning program, every health program, but really become involved 
in the culinary process, and that's from soil to table. And if you don't have time to, you know, become a master gardener, that's fine. You can still research and, and at least know some of the basics. Um, and what's so important about putting together meals at home versus fast food? It's not that fast food is inherently evil um, or that dining out is inherently evil. I mean, you really just kind of have to know the chef that's putting it together. You know, and like I said, fast food every once in a while, my Popeye's, my Cotton's Fried Chicken back home in Minden, Louisiana, I absolutely love it. Um, but as a whole, 95% of the time, I want to be eating something that either I put together and I know the exact fat content, sodium content, all that's in it, or I know the chef that put it together and I can trust them. So, I mean, it's really important because we're talking not just about, you know, weight gain or weight loss. That, you know, that's, that's a facade. That's a surface um, thing, but it, that is tied to a much deeper condition, and that's our health. So, um, you know, it's really important to understand that herbs and spices and the foods that we eat and the vegetables that we eat, I want to talk in a minute about asparagus and eggplant and some of the, those key vegetables, but um, those things really impact our health. And your body, whether you know it or not, whether you've eaten that way or not, your body is looking for those certain minerals and vitamins. And even if you're 200 pounds overweight and you've never eaten healthy in your life, your body's still looking for that. And it's important to listen to your body and to understand, okay, if I don't go ahead and do something about this, my body's just going to keep searching. So, but back to the um, asparagus, eggplant, and and those are some key vegetables. Um, Swiss chard is another one. There are some really important vegetables, spinach, that's another one, um, to... You know, try to incorporate these, not just try, but determine, be, be really committed to, to incorporating these, these vegetables into your life on a daily basis. Um, I like to throw together omelets for brunch or for breakfast, either one, with a combination of kale, spinach, and Swiss chard, or I might just do a Swiss chard. But, you know, all it takes is a little handful or two, and you've got a serving. And throw in a, a jalapeno pepper, and you've got your vitamin C for the day if you don't overcook it and destroy the vitamin C. Um, but, you know, an onion and, and mushrooms, uh, portabelle, baby portobello mushrooms are full of vitamin D. Um, they're also known as cremini mushrooms. Um, just, you know, a little handful or two of these thrown into your omelet, not only will that fill you up and, and incorporate well with the protein, but you've got your vegetables in at least half of them for the day. And, you know, you have, didn't really even have to think about it. So it's important to understand that meals are an opportunity to feed our bodies and, and to feed our souls, too, and, and to really, um, you know, make us more healthy. It's not just about uh, satisfying your hunger. Yes. So, Karen, where did you get your Ayurvedic training? My Ayurvedic training was gotten through research. I did not attend a school. There are very limited schools available in the United States, but there are doctors of Ayurveda in India who actually attend um, university for that specific purpose. But when I was asked to teach this, I was just sort of known as a culinary person, and I guess they just assumed I knew all about Ayurveda. Well, I, in fact, had never heard of it. And I spent my entire summer, um, a summer that uh, my husband was assigned to a position in Colorado, and my children were with me. Um, This is obviously, uh, as I said, a decade ago. My children were much younger. Um, But I spent the entire summer um, in between uh, mountain trips studying Ayurveda at my local library until I was prepared to teach the class in the fall. And um, I was just stunned, absolutely stunned, 
at the amount of information that was out there. And the first thing that I thought at the end of that summer, at the end of my research, was how in the world can there be this much critical information that apparently no one knows about in the United States? And then I did a little little more digging and discovered, you know, Western medicine had kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say, I want to say they had kind of pushed that aside as sort of uh, not witch doctory, but I don't want to say that, but, you know, just kind of like not proven by science. Well, in fact, now, 10 years later, a lot of the things that are, are taught in Ayurveda have actually been proven to be true. Um, specifically with spices. Now, I don't, I don't say that I adhere to all of the culinary practices, but a lot of them have been very key in maintaining my health. The cinnamon thing that I mentioned earlier, that's actually something I learned in Ayurveda. Um, I learned that there are certain foods that I should eat in very limited portions because of what's known as a dosha. And what you do with Ayurveda is you take a, a test and you discover which of the three doshas predominates in your body. All of us have a balance. Um, the three are known as pitta, uh, kapha, and vata. And um, each of us has a combination of those doshas, but one of them predominates in your body. And according to whichever is dominant in your body, there are certain foods that you might want to think about incorporating more and some that you should avoid. And I'll learn that, you know, chicken, white meat chicken is something that I should pretty much stick to. And these numbers were proven out by not only uh, a weight adjustment, but also in my cholesterol levels because I had to begun to develop in my um, early 30s some of the signs of, of things that ran in my family, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. When I began to incorporate these things into my, into my daily food practices, I, I don't have, you know, thankfully, these problems anymore and haven't had to um, incorporate a med- medication into my life So, to address those. So it's, you know, it's kind of my personal testimony, but I, I really um, am amazed at how little information there is out there, readily available at least, um, to the general public about this when we have such tremendous problems with high blood pressure, cholesterol, and, you know, it seems like every time you turn on the TV, there's another pharmaceutical commercial addressing some kind of medical problem. And, in fact, now I'm not, um, not by any means stating that these can be completely avoided by using these practices, but they've certainly made a difference in my life, and I can attest to that. All righty. Thank you. All righty. Let's take another quick break. are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skincare Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. 
To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Green Talk Network. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to healingtouchtx at aol.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie. Welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. Today we are talking food and food practices with Karen McGowan. Karen, you won a contest not so long ago. I did, Bonnie. Um, I won uh, the 2014 Sweet Rewards Louisiana Cooking Contest. I won first and third place in the Frozen Division. And, uh, um, yeah, was really excited to, to learn that. It's a national contest, and it's actually Louisiana Cooking is the only national magazine dedicated to Louisiana cooking. So, yes, I was very honored to have to have placed and, and won in that category. So what did you cook? Well, what I cooked in the first place, um, this again, this was 2014, the first place that I won was um, a sweet potato quiche, and the name of my recipe, and it actually can be found online. It's called Piquant Sweet Potato Quiche. Um, I will say there is a there's a discrepancy in the recipe. If you find it online, it is not made with one cup of half and half. It is actually one half cup of half and half. And I did use fat free, which I don't believe the recipe states. But I'm glad I've gotten an opportunity to fix that. Um, and I'd also like to say on that subject, there are recipes out there that are not um, completely edited. And a lot of times when my students are cooking these recipes, and, um, uh, for example, uh, had someone recently with, I believe it was a Rachel Ray recipe, and they sort of blamed Rachel Ray. And I said, well, you know, it's really not Rachel, probably not Rachel Ray's fault because sometimes the editing process, something slips by. So, you know, if something doesn't look quite right, um, for example, a cup of, for anyone that's made a quiche, a cup of half and half sounds like too much. It is. Go with your gut. (laughs) My my third place um, recipe was a sweet potato frittata. Frittata. That's good. Uh, All righty. Karen, do you do catering? How do people get a hold of you? Um, They can contact me through my website. It's called BienvenueByKaren.com, and my email address is the same, BienvenueByKaren.com. Uh, at gmail.com and uh, that bienvenue just remember the French word for welcome by Karen 
So, can you spell your website? B I E and B as in boy, I E, N as in Nancy, V as in Victor, E, N as in Nancy, U E, by B Y Karen K A R E N dot com. Okay, uh, and are you you're you're teaching locally? Are you teaching any I other teach classes locally? And um, and. How can people find you? Yeah, they can find me at Williams-Sonoma Town & Country. I teach a junior chef's class on Saturdays at 10 o'clock. And at 10.30 and 2 on Sundays, I teach an adult technique class. And by and large, most of these classes are complimentary. Now, throughout the month, we also have a cookbook club. We have uh, different um, cooking classes that can be found online at our website at Williams-Sonoma, our local website, Town & Country. And it will um, let you know when those classes are available. But I, I teach the majority of those. All righty. Okay. Karen, I would like to thank you so very much for being on our program today and sharing your, your information with our, our listeners. Well, thank you, Bonnie. It has been a tremendous honor, and thank you for asking me. You're welcome. So maybe we'll see you on uh, the HGTV. Who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> or or more locally at Master Gardener. Absolutely. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> I would like to thank uh, Jacob Nast for being our engineer, our good engineer today. He's wonderful. He fixes all of our problems. And to our to uh, Robert Gelino, who is our executive director. So. We will be seeing you. Take care of yourself, be kind to each other, and God bless. Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.